Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. All right, how's everybody doing today? Thank you. Not every one of you, but thank you. One more time. Come on, y'all. Help me out. Let me know how you're doing. Praise God. What's up, online church? We're glad that you are here. Thank you for being here. If you live in Miami, join me here at 9.15 or 10.30 at our Miami campus, 10.35 actually, or 9.30 in Homestead. But we are so glad that each and every one of you are here today. You know what else I'm glad about? I'm glad I'm not preaching today. How many of y'all are glad for that? Don't cheer, don't cheer. Hey, wait a second. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, I'm excited to, uh, to have my uh, good friend and, and uh, uh, a man that has impacted my life. He's helped us to bring Hope Center Ministries, the ministry that he founded, to Miami. How many of y'all are glad for that? Come on, let's hear, let's hear a, a, a hand clap for that. He's also the founder of the Compassion Network, and it's a network of churches that, that has started, started with his church, and, and uh, when he started, he, he began to become a multi-site church, and then he just created this network where there's, I think, close to 40 churches that are in the network, and Renew is one of those, and so you're going to be able to hear from uh, Pastor Josh Hanna and uh, the word that he has for us today. So without further ado, Pastor Josh, come, y'all give him a round of applause, welcome him. Let me just start by saying I love Pastor Trevor and Misty and the whole family. What a godly family. Um, you know, they just, I was looking today in their home and all the scriptures on the wall. I was looking at their pictures and I just, I thought this family lives the gospel, not just on Sunday morning, but it is a way of life for them. They're authentic. They've given their life to this church, to the city of Miami to plant more churches and uh, would you guys just give a hand clap to honor your pastors today? Just very thankful to have Trevor in my life. And uh, I think he's more of a blessing to me than I am to him. And I have huge respect for him. So no more of that mushy, sentimental stuff. Let's get in to the Bible. I'm kind of joking, but kind of not. Does anybody, when you pay somebody a compliment, another man a compliment, makes you feel a little, a little uncomfortable? Am I the only person that way? Yes, I am. Okay. All right. Um, have you ever been wrong before? About three people. The rest of you, did you know you've been wrong before? And if you didn't know it, would their spouse or the person beside them look at them and say, you didn't know this, but there's one thing you're going to learn in church today. We've all been wrong about something before. Even when you really, really thought you were right. You thought you had it figured out. You thought you knew exactly what was going on and come to find out, totally 100% just wrong. Happened to me one time, I was back home, I'm from Tennessee, and I'm driving down the road and I see a Hope Center van. And I notice the rear end of the van is in the air because the front's in the ditch. There's a lady in a Subaru in front of the van and she's crying with some children and just painting the picture for you, behind the van, it looks like there's traffic a mile long. And I thought, what has happened? I guess they've hit the woman in the Subaru, though I couldn't see. It didn't look like they'd crashed into her, but she was screaming and crying. And I don't know what's going on. 
And I look at the van, and there's three guys standing on the bumper jumping up and down. Does anybody know what they're doing? They're trying to get that vehicle that's rear-wheel drive. They're trying to get the tires to touch the ground because if they can touch the ground, they can get traction and they can pull out of the ditch. And it looks like a seesaw up and down, up and down. And the sheriff from a county over, his son Brent, who's in the program, he's a community leader, he's driving, and I thought he's going to blow the engine up because he's got pedal to the metal. Y'all know what that means in Miami? Wide open. And when the wheels touch, smoke everywhere. Finally comes out of it and throws the guys everywhere, and I say, go to the appliance store and park, and I go up there, and by the time I can get parked and get back up there, the lady is her car in the Subaru, she's parked, and one of the guys from the program, he is letting her have it. I mean, cuss words are flying. She's screaming and crying, please stop cussing me, don't yell at me, I have children, and he is going off. And I thought, well, we're not having this, so I told him, hey, you got to stop this right now and go back to the van. And he said, I'm not going to the van, and I will not stop. I'll say what I want to say. I said, no, you won't. He comes around like he's going to attack me. I did what any good preacher would do. I called for the Hope Center for help. Two of the biggest guys jump out of the van, and Brent brings them over, and they're standing there now, and he's, you know, he's not as brave now because I got some backup. And we're going back and forth, and finally I said, hey, guys, grab him, put him in the van. They grab him. He begins to scream. It's cra- This guy's nuts. He's screaming. He's kicking. They're just, like, got their arms wrapped around each one of his arms, and they've got him picked up off the ground. His feet are literally kicking. Right when they're getting him in the van, they're having to shove him in there. But they're shoving him in there. He somehow goes below between one of their legs and runs inside the appliance store shuts the door and locks it, goes and gets a phone, a cell phone from somebody, and now I thought, he's holding the appliance store hostage. We're going to be on Channel 4 News. This is horrible. I looked at Brent and said, who is this crazy guy? How long has he been in the program? He said, Pastor Josh, he's not in the program. I said, what? But he's yelling, and this lady, he goes, this lady is the reason we wrecked and ran off in the ditch. She locked her brakes up, took off, running around her car. She's got mental health issues, or I think she's on drugs. And she's screaming, and the kids are crying. And I said, but who is this guy? And he goes, he's the owner of the appliance store. My mind's blown. And I went, well, why was he cussing and yelling? He goes, well, she's blocking any traffic from coming into his business. And he just politely asked her before you got here, He politely said, would you move your car? And she flipped out. He finally had enough, and he was saying, this is not your business. Get your car out of the way. And I went, what? And then I looked over at the two guys, and I went, you guys tried to pick him up forcefully and put him in our 15-passenger van. Why would you do that? And one of the guys said, Pastor Josh, you asked He said, I gave my life to Jesus in this program. I've also got 16 years community correction. If you tell me to put a stranger in the van and take them home, that's exactly what we're going to do. He said, I will admit, I thought, Josh is crazy. But if he wants to take the guy back to the center, we'll do it. Now I know it's really bad. 
because I thought I was right. Now at this moment, I realize I've got this whole situation wrong. I go, get in the van now, go to the center, take the back roads home, go, go, go. And they take off and I take off. I call my wife. She goes, you got to go back and talk to the owner of that appliance store. And I said, no. And I just kept driving home. And you go, when did you go back and make it right? Never. (laughs) Can you imagine what Thanksgiving's like at his home? I bet you here we are about eight years later and he's still telling the story when he was almost taken. This lady's blocking traffic into his business. He's fighting with her. This guy runs up because I couldn't get turned around. So I'm running up the road, comes out of nowhere, starts threatening him. And then two big guys get out of a van. See, a van alone sketchy, right? And they get out of a van and pick him up and they're shoving him in a van forcefully. He barely got away with his life. That story is so crazy, you cannot make it up. Brent is now a recovery pastor at um, McEwen, Tennessee, at that location. And I was telling this story one day, and somebody goes, oh, come on, some of that's exaggerated. And Brent goes, actually, it's worse than what he's saying right now. He's keeping, he's holding some of it back. And I went, we're telling him enough, Brent, we're telling him enough. You know, that's not the only thing I've been wrong about before. Um, I've also been wrong about the subject of giving, about tithing. See, I didn't grow up in church. I was a, my father and mother never took me. I'm a drug addict when I hear the gospel of Jesus Christ for the first time. And I become a Christian, but I've never read a page of the Bible. I don't know stories about Moses and the Red Sea or Jonah and a big fish or even Noah and the ark. All that stuff's brand new to me. I've never heard it. And I'm in church, and for the first year, the pastor every once in a while talk about giving. And he would use the word tithe, and I would always smile and think, He's a hustler. From one old hustler to another, I'm like, I get you. I'm not going to fall into it. All these other people can do that, but I hear you, preacher. And I thought it was just an angle that a preacher would preach on it, probably get a raise if he increased the giving. And and I wasn't, you know, offended by it because I wasn't going to give anything. But at the same time, I kind of thought, you know, that's unfortunate that hustlers are hustling even in the church. And that was my mindset. I'm just being honest with you. And then one day, a great uncle um, named Gene Hanna calls the house, and I'm on the phone with him, and he begins to preach to me about tithing. Now, I didn't know Gene that well. He was the only Christian in our family, and being that we were non-Christians, we stayed away from Gene. If Gene showed up at a holiday, every holiday we had, people are getting drunk, and normally we're playing poker, and when Gene would show up, they'd go, Gene's coming up the driveway. And we would start hiding stuff and putting liquor back in the cabinet. And when Gene walked in, he'd be like, hey, man, Gene, how are you? How's church going? And when Gene would leave, everybody would laugh and go, okay, we can go back to being normal now. That was my great uncle Gene. We were lost. He was saved. His very presence, if I'm honest, made us uncomfortable. So I didn't really know Gene. One day he calls me, starts talking to me about tithing, reads a passage of Scripture I'm going to read to you today. And I got to be honest with you, it totally offended me. I hung up on my great uncle Gene. I didn't even say bye. I just said I'm getting off the phone, and I hung up the phone. Here's what he read to me, Malachi chapter 3, verse 7. From the days of your fathers, you have turned away from my statues and have not kept them. Return to me, and I'll return to you, says the Lord of armies. But you say, how shall we return? Lord, how shall we return? Would anyone rob God? Yet you are robbing me. 
But you say, how have we robbed you? The Lord said in tithes and in offerings, you're cursed with a curse for you are robbing me, the entire nation of you. I just want to stop here for a minute. Gene, that day on the phone, he calls everybody good buddy. Very country. He goes, good buddy, if you're not tithing, you're a thief. And I said, Gene, my financial life is none of your business. And how dare you call me a thief? And, and, and I don't rob God like I'm serving at the church and I'm driving a church van and I'm, I do all the landscaping and I mow the yard and I bet I volunteer 10 hours a week. And he said, good buddy, that ain't got anything to do with it. If you're not putting God first in your finances, you're robbing God. I was ready to hang up right there. I thought, who does this man think he is? Calling me a thief, saying that I would rob God. I'm giving God time. I'm giving, I've given my heart to Jesus. And then he goes on, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and put me to the test now in this. I remember Gene saying, this is the only time in the Bible where God actually gives us permission to test him or to try him. Test me now in this, says the Lord of armies, if I do not open up the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows, then I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor the vine in the field that proves fruitless to you, says the Lord of armies. All the nations are going to call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of armies. Lord, help me today to share this the way Gene shared it with me. Share his truth of your scripture. Hey, Lord, I pray today, it's not a sermon maybe we want to hear, but it's a sermon we need to hear. It's not about just hearing things that we want to amen, but it's even hearing things sometimes that offend us a little bit because we want the whole word of God. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Here's four things I was wrong about tithing. And God had to show me. Number one, here's where I was wrong. I thought it was just under the law. I may not have grown up in church, but I had been at that church. At that point, Gene called me for a year, and I had been in Bible studies, and I was learning the Bible. And I literally said to Gene, hey, Gene, this is Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament. See, I knew that. This is under the law. I'm not under the law. I'm not having a day of atonement where I go and sacrifice a sheep or I'm not under the law. There were 325 rules and regulations under the law. I am not under the law. I'm under grace. And I never forget, Gene said, good buddy, do yourself a study. Tithing was before the law, and it was after the law, and was under the law. See, the law goes from Moses to Jesus. The law starts with Moses. God would give the people the law through Moses, and it would go all the way to Jesus. And Jesus would say, I came not to destroy the law, but I came to do what? To fulfill it, even in your hearing. So the question is, was tithing before Moses, or is tithing after Jesus? Well, I want to talk to you about that, and I'll start with Jesus. In Matthew 23, 23, and if you're a note taker, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture because I'm a Bible guy, so you're going to want to write these references down, go home and study them. But Jesus said justice and mercy, and he lists some things, and he goes, these you, you should have done without leaving the others, the tithe undone. Jesus says, don't leave the tithe undone. In other words, Jesus said tithing is something I want you to do, Matthew 23, 23. But even before that, you know, in Genesis 28, there's a man by the name of Jacob. His name meant trickster. 
But in Genesis 28, his name's changed to Israel, which means peace or prince, rather. And God changes his name from trickster to prince, and he has this encounter with God, and I wish I had time to tell you about how he wrestled with the angel of the Lord. And by the way, when it talks about the angel of the Lord, that represents Jesus Christ, and he's asking Jesus, bless me indeed. And, and the Lord blesses him, and he ends the chapter in Genesis 28, and here's what he said. Hey, Lord, because you've blessed me, I will from this day forward give you a tenth of all that I own. The word tithe means tenth. He said, I'm going to give you a, a tenth, a tithe of all that I own. And you read that and go, where'd that come from? I tell you, it came from at least one place. It came from the fact that he had an encounter with God. And the trickster, and by the way, what was he always tricking people out of? Wealth. He tricked Laban, his father-in-law, out of a bunch of sheep. They didn't have currency in that days, but they had livestock, and he took a bunch from Laban. Go back and read about him putting the branches in the water, and he knew that when the lambs were born, they would be what they agreed to that he could keep, and you just got to read the whole story. But there's a lot of stories about that concerning him. He's a trickster. He got money the wrong way. He even swindled his brother out of his own birthright. He tricked his father and acted like his brother, and he was always doing stuff like this, but when he had an encounter with the Lord, and the Lord blessed him, and God changed his name from trickster to prince, something else changed in his life, and it was more than his name. It was his attitude. He was no longer greedy, but he was generous, and he said, for now on, I'm going to give you a tenth, and you go, well, where did he hear about that? He had a grandfather by the name of Abraham. And in Genesis 14, that's Genesis 28, go back to Genesis 14, his grandfather, after a war, comes across a man by the name of Melchizedek. Genesis 14, you got to read it. And it says that he takes a tenth of all he owns and he gives it to Melchizedek, a tithe. You go, why would he do that and who's Melchizedek? Hebrews chapter, chapter 7, I know I'm giving you a lot of scripture, but in Hebrews chapter 7, by the way, that's after the law, that's in the New Testament. There's a cross-reference scripture between Genesis 14 and Hebrews 7. And Genesis 14 tells about Abraham meeting Melchizedek, but Hebrews 7 explains who Melchizedek was and what was really taking place. You go, you're boring me out of my mind. I, oh, just hang with me for a minute. I know I'm getting a little nerdy in the Bible, but hang with me for a minute. Because here's what it says about Melchizedek. It says he had no beginning and he had no end. Can I ask you a question? Who in the world has no beginning and has no end? It says that he always was. said that his name was King of Salem, which meant King of Peace. Who's the King of Peace? Who has no beginning and has no end? God. Same, probably the same angel of the Lord, Jesus. It was a representation of Jesus. You go, Jesus came through the Virgin Mary. I mean, he wasn't before that. Come on now. God said, Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Read it. He didn't say mine. He said our. Who's our? God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. Just because Jesus gave up heaven so that you could gain heaven and Jesus left heaven and came to earth so that one day you can leave earth and go to heaven doesn't mean he didn't always exist. He's always been around. And I think he wrestled with Jacob and I think according to the word of God, 
He's the one that Abraham, when he encountered him, he gave a tenth of all he owned to. I can even take you back to Cain and Abel. That's the first church fight. They were brothers. Their daddy was Adam. Their mother was Eve. And they brought offerings to the Lord in Genesis chapter 4. Again, if you're a note taker, you want to write that down. And one of them brought an offering and God accepted it, and the other one God rejected it. Why? Because one brought the tithe and the other one brought the tip. I tell you what happens every Sunday. Some people bring the tithe and some people bring a tip. And God rejected the tip and God accepted the tithe. One brought of the first fruits of the firstborn. The other one brought some leftovers. Go back and read it. It'll blow you away. You know why God will only receive that which is first and our best? The reason he wants to tithe, the reason it's his. Here's why. Because he's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. Because God's not taking second place in your life to anybody or anything. And because God knows, Jesus said this, man cannot serve two masters. He'll hate one and love the other. He'll love one and hate the other. Man cannot serve God and mammon. What's mammon? Money. God knew. See, God already knew. You know what Paul said about money? He said, the love, not money, but the love of it, the love of money is the root of what? All kinds of evil. Do you know people betray, cheat, steal, murder? People create wars. There's genocide, human trafficking, sex trafficking, horrible, horrible things. You know what it's all done for? Money. Do you know what the Lord said? I'm going to give you an opportunity to break the back of money. I'm going to give you the opportunity while the rest of the world is serving the God of money, I'm going to give you the opportunity to deny that God and serve me. How am I going to do it? Because you're going to bring the first, you're going to bring tenth, you're going to bring the tithe. And when you do that, you say, look, you are Lord of my life. I don't serve money, I serve you, I honor you first. Come on, somebody, this is good. Listen to this, Leviticus 27. They'll pull it up on the screen for you. It says, and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's and it is holy to the Lord. The Lord's claimed it. Sometimes I'll do this. I'll come into a service like this. Someone talk on this subject, and um, and I'll give somebody ten one dollar bills, and then I'll say, "Hey, in the service, I'm going to ask for ten percent of that. I'm going to ask for a buck." And uh, they'll say, "Okay." So in the service, I'll say, "Hey, I need a dollar for an illustration. You're not going to get it back. It's kingdom. It's going to go to work for the kingdom." Would anybody give me a dollar? And I'll look at them and go, how about you? And they'll come up and they'll give me a dollar. And then I'll hand on the mic and go, was that hard to be generous? And what do you think they say? No. And then I'll say, tell me why it's not hard. And they'll say, because you gave me 10 of them when I walked in the door to church this morning. And then I always point out that's what tithing is. See, tithing shouldn't be hard because that person acknowledged I wouldn't have this without you. So I have no problem giving a tenth back to you. Can I say something? You wouldn't have whatever you have today without God. The Bible said the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The Bible says you're bought at a price. You're purchased with the blood. Know you not that you're not your own. You, you don't even belong to yourself. You belong to God. Everything I have is the Lord's. And one of the ways that I show God that I acknowledge and believe and trust in that is I give him a tithe. And see, I know what's happening right now. Some of you, I'm annoying you. You're even getting offended. You go, how do you know? Because Gene annoyed me. But can I tell you something? The scriptures that annoy us the most 
are probably areas God wants to work on the most. It's probably the areas God's trying to do a work. Here's the second thing I was wrong about concerning the tithe. I thought I can't afford to live off 90%. I, I had a back-breaking job. I swung a pick. Literally, I swung a pick for my full-time job. Then I had two part-time jobs. I'm getting married, and I just thought, I can't afford to live on 90%. I need the whole 100%. Like, God, you, you know my bills. You know what's going on. I can't afford this. Here's what I learned. I can't afford not to. I'm just telling you my story. My, my life after that conversation, it started playing out like a country song. Does anybody know what happens in a country song? Well, let me ask you this. Do you know when I was a kid, you could play some records back, and they would say if you'd play like some of these heavy metal groups and you'd play the record backwards, what would they say you would hear? They were worshiping the devil. I never did it, but that's what they said. I don't actually even believe it, but that's what they said. You know what you get if you play a country song back? You get your car back, your truck back, your wife back, your dog back. You get all that stuff you lost back, right? Your reputation back, you get your foot back. You ain't got diabetes no more. Your wife's come home. Your best friends ask for your forgiveness. You get it all back. My life was playing out like a country song. My truck blew up. True story. My four-wheeler tore up. My dog got ran over, and you go, you're just like financially, man, it was just bad. And I remembered what Gene had read to me out of Malachi 3, and it said, I'm under a curse, and he rebuked the devourer. Now, let me say something real quick. Some people are like, so God's going to curse me if I don't give 10%. The Bible never said the Lord put you under a curse. Let me give you some revelation here. You're already under a curse. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, sin entered the world, and the world came under a curse. If you don't think the world's already under a curse, would you look around? Watch the news, man. See what people are doing to one another in this old world. Watch the stuff that's happening. The world's under a curse. Here's what God said. God said, I'm not going to curse you. God said, if you tithe, I'm going to bring you out from under the curse. He's not threatening to put you under a curse. The world's already under a curse. He said, I'm going to bring you out from under the curse. I'm not putting you under. I'm bringing you out. And then he said, I'm going to rebuke the devourer for your sake. John 10.10 said, there's a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. He'll rebuke the devourer. He'll bring you out from under the curse if you trust and obey him. Here's what happened to me. Haggai chapter 1 verse 6. Y'all can bring any of these up if you want. I, get, I got them for you. And you don't have to, but if you want to. You have planted much, but harvest little. You eat but are not satisfied. You drink but are still thirsty. You put on clothes, can't keep warm. Listen to this one. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in your pockets filled with holes. Anybody ever had holes in their pockets before? It felt like it doesn't matter what I earn, everything is going wrong, and I can't get ahead. That's what happened to me. I came to the second realization. The first one was, this isn't just under the law. The second one was this. I can't afford not to. I'd rather have 90% blessed than 100% under the curse. I'd rather have 90% God fighting the devourer off my life than to have 100% where the devourer have access to my finances. Third thing, I thought the Bible said if I give money, I get money. And I got to be honest with you, that just seemed a little wrong to me. Like, I'm just going to give to get, and I'd heard the TV preachers say that. Y'all ever watched any of the TV preachers? Not all of them. Some of them are good, but some of them need a fourth jet. They need another airplane. 
The other three aren't good enough. So if you'll give $1,000, God's going to give you back $7,000. That just never set right well with me. I would just go, that just, that bothers me. But can I say something? If there's a counterfeit, there must be a real. If there's a lie, it's because there's a truth. And it's been taken out of context and abused and used. And I thought, oh, well, they're saying if you give money, you'll get money. But listen to what God said. I'm not saying God won't bless you. By the way, I've given and God's given back. And he has blessed me tremendously. But I'm saying to limit it to money is to limit what God said he would do. Let me read to you what we read, Malachi chapter 3. He said, test me. Try me out. And see if I won't do what? Open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. I don't think God's up there shelling out dollar bills out of heaven. I'm not saying he can't bless your life, but let me tell you what he is doing. He's given favor and peace and joy and protection and the abundance of life. I left a friend's house a while back, and he was telling me about how he was in this deal, and it was a scam, and this church member, he's a pastor, and a church member took all the money, and he doesn't really have hardly anything left for his children. And he said, I don't understand, man, I've tithed. And, and he's just pouring his heart out to me. I went and preached that morning. I hung out with his wife and kids and grandkids, and they're all serving in church. They all love Jesus. I went over to the church. They had Pizza Hut, I think it was, and wings. And I watched them laugh and play, and they said, we do this every Sunday. This is our favorite thing. I listened to their family values. I, I just watched this play out. On the way home, I called him. I was crying. I'm not the most emotional guy, but I'm broken. I called him, and I said, you lied to me. His name's Eric, Pastor Eric. I said, Pastor Eric, you lied to me. And he goes, what do you mean? I wouldn't lie to you. I said, you said about that happened, and you'd never be wealthy, and, and that guy scammed you, and the FBI came, and it was a mess. God took advantage of a lot of innocent people. And he said, well, I told you the truth. And I said, but you said you'd never be wealthy. You're the wealthiest person I've ever met. I don't know how you define wealth, but what I watched that day, what I witnessed, my friend, that's wealth. And I began to tell him how wealthy he was and that if I had to pick between a million dollars and what he had, I'm telling you right now, I'd take the million dollars. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Just seeing if you're paying attention. But if I had to pick between $100 and what he has, I'd pick what he has. No, I'm kidding. I told him between a million dollars and what you got, I'd take what you got. Do you know how many people wished they had the relationships and the intimacy with their family? And I just began to speak into his life, and he broke. And he said, you know what? You're right. I'm rich. I tell you what, there's a lot of good stuff coming out of those open windows. There's a lot of good stuff God will put in your life when you put him first. A lot of good things happen when you seek first the kingdom of God and your finances. And then all these things are going to be added into you. Can I, I got a little extra time. Can I share a little joke with you real quick? But it makes a point. Because here's what we don't want to do in giving. There's a little boy named Johnny. Christmas is rolling around, but they're a good Catholic family. And he says to his mom, I want Santa Claus to bring me a bike. And she said, Johnny, we don't ask Santa. We ask Jesus in this family. It's his birthday. We're going to ask him, you know, celebrating the birth of Christ. He said, okay. She said, go up and write a letter. And you bring it now, and I'll put it at the rosary, and we'll pray over it and send it to God, and we'll see if you get a bike. And so he went up and wrote his letter, and he wrote, Dear Jesus, it's Johnny. I've been a good boy all year. And then he thought, well, Jesus knows everything. He knows I'm lying. Then he wrote again, Dear Jesus, it's Johnny. I've tried to be a good boy. He threw it, up, threw it away, said he knows I'm lying. 
ran down the stairs to the Catholic Church, took a little statue of Mother Mary, brought it home, put it under his bed, and then he wrote his third and final letter. Dear Jesus, it's Johnny. I got your mother. You ever want to see her again, send the red bike. That's funny, is it not? Some people, though, give that way. It's like we give and we're saying, got you, Jesus. I just gave. You're ob- I just gave a dollar. You're obligated according to the TV. Now, we don't give to get. We give to give. We give because he's Lord. We give because we honor him. We give because he chooses to run the economy of the kingdom of God on the earth through the tithe that comes in to the local church and the offerings we give. That's the reason we give. However, because our motive's right, here's the fourth thing I was wrong about. I thought that if God blesses me first, I'll bless him because if it doesn't happen that order, I don't have enough to, in other words, God, you got to give me so that I can give to you. Have you, ever, have you ever even heard somebody make that statement? Well, if I had more, I'd tell you what I'd do right now. I'd give, I'd give to God. I'd, he, I'd help out poor people. I'd, I'd eliminate human trafficking with my dad. Boy, I'd really give if I, if I had more. No, you wouldn't. If you're greedy with a little, you'll be greedy with a lot. The only thing more would do is magnify what's already there. If generosity's there, it just magnify more generosity. If greed's there... If selfishness is there, if doubt's there, it'll just magnify more doubt, more fear. Man, I got to quit. I'm glad this is a one-time deal and I don't have to stay around because I feel like some of you are going to take me out in the parking lot and beat me up after the sermon. You're like, he's after my money and you can't have it. I don't get a penny for being here today. I'm just here because I love Pastor Trevor. But I'm here also because I love you. I asked Pastor Trevor, can I preach on something? It's going to be a hard message, but it has become a life message for me. You know, I finally surrendered to the Lord and started tithing and then started giving offerings. One of the first big offerings I ever gave, and I'm, I'm not telling you this to brag or because I got tons of issues. I mean, I've done, I've missed it so many times with the Lord. I could get up here and just talk about what I've learned from all my failures. But I, I will tell you one thing I did right and one thing the Lord showed me through it just to help you and to build your faith. Me and my wife just paid off her car. We've been tithing for a couple of years. We just paid off a car. Everything in it just got fixed. It's like a brand new vehicle and it was debt free. We're in a church service. There's a missionary and the Lord said, give him the car. We did. He broke. He said, my wife's living in Tulsa. It's a long story why she was in the, the states, but he said she had to walk the other day to the grocery store two miles pushing my baby in the stroller. And I've been begging God, Lord, I'm being faithful to you. Please help my family because the area of the world he was in was hostile. He had been taken to jail and beat. They got his family out until he could figure it out. They were safe in Tulsa. Somebody paid for them to get a little bitty apartment, but he's still back doing the work of the Lord, putting his life at risk. And he said, I've been begging God, God, don't make my wife walk. I'm begging you. She don't know anybody in Tulsa. It's a long story. But he said, you just gave me a car and you answered my prayer. I said, man, I didn't answer nothing. I didn't want to give you this car. The Lord been dealing my heart for this whole service. This is the biggest offering I've ever given. We, we, we can't keep talking because I may take it back. You better take it and run out of here before I catch you. Go, what you do, go and do quickly before I change my mind. 
Within 15 minutes, Tony Dow, he was our linebacker in high school. He was four years older than me. He just became a Christian and was attending the church and pastor. He walked up to me, just broke, weeping. He said, Josh, bro, I don't know what's going on. And this is weird, but the Lord told me to give you this car. We just got a new one and we got this junker. We don't know what to do with it, but the Lord said, give it to Josh. I'm embarrassed to give it to you. It's probably worth $1,000, but it runs good. Just put oil in it once a week. And he handed me the keys. I gave away a car and within 15 minutes, God gave me a car because I needed a car to drive. Now I thought I was supposed to get a Cadillac if I gave away a Chevy, but I gave away a good one and God gave me one. I got to put oil, I got to anoint it with oil once a week, just keep it running. But it built my faith. Over the next 18 months, I'd give away five vehicles and God would give me five vehicles. God was teaching me something. He'd speak to my heart. I would know it was him. I didn't know how I was going to drive, what I was going to do, but I'd be obedient and give it. And then somehow somebody bring one. You go, well, when you're telling people, the church knows. I didn't tell anybody about any of it for 18 months. Last vehicle I got was nicer than all the other ones put together. A business owner just sold the largest ambulance company in the southeast and called me. I went over his house and he said, hey, I got a bone to pick with you. I said, yes, sir. And he said, you need to get this out of my garage. What out of your garage? He throws me the keys. He said, you're Grand Cherokee. It was super nice. I could tell you a lot more stories. I could tell you a lot. I could tell you about even when we were trying to start Hope Center and we were asking everybody to give. And one day the Lord spoke to me and said, Josh, what are you giving? And I thought, well, I don't have anything left. And the Lord said, you got your home. My family's contractors. They'll help you build a home, and it puts a lot of equity in your home. And the Lord said, you could sell your home and give all the equity away. So we did. We kept a mattress, and we kept a couch. Outside of that, we got rid of everything. Everything. We kept one vehicle, one vehicle, a mattress, and a couch. God blessed us. It was rough for a while. I'm not going to lie. But overall, God blessed us. We've never been without. If I told you today the house I lived in or what God's done, you wouldn't, honestly, I don't know if you'd believe me. But I can tell you this, I was just as happy in a single wide trailer as I am in a big, nice brick and, you know, stone home. I don't care anything about that stuff. I just want to live with open hands. This, this place, this world is not my home. The Bible says we're citizens of heaven, we're sojourners. We're just passing through. I came into the world naked. I may leave the world naked. I've, you know, in all those movies about the rapture, have you noticed when they go to heaven, their clothes are always left behind, folded neatly? Are we all going to heaven naked? Is that why he says he'll wipe away every tear from our eyes? Is because I just saw my grandmother nude? What's going on there? Why does everybody leave their clothes when they go to heaven? But, you know, I think the point is this. The movies are trying to make in the books. They're trying to say you can't take anything with you but your soul, right? And you can't take anything with you than other souls you want to the Lord. But you can't take stuff. I'm going to wrap this up. There's a prince in the east, and he was rich, and he wanted to see what it would be like to be a normal commoner. And so here's what he did. To live among the, you know, everyday people, he dressed like a pauper, grabbed his servant, made him say, act like my friend. And about the third day, they got hungry. There was a rich man, and he, he said, you've got bread in that bag. Could we have some? And the rich man broke off a morsel of bread and gave him one, two, three, and then he clenched his bag shut. 
And the prince ate the bread, and then he asked the servant, who was disguised as a friend, bring that bag, and he brought it over. He opened it up and gave him one gold coin, which, by the way, was worth a lot. Two gold coins and three gold coins, and he clenched his bag shut. And he said, if you'd have given me all you had, I'd have given you all I had. You can't outgive God. We give bread, he gives gold, figuratively. I'm just telling you, you can't outgive them. And God is dealing with us today as a church to say, live by faith, not by sight. Don't put your trust in your riches. That's what Paul told Timothy. Rich people put their trust in their riches and in uncertain things. But put your trust in God. Tithing is really not about giving an amount of money necessarily, though it is 10% and it's first. It's the first to leave your hand. But it's more about saying, Lord, I trust you and I don't trust in anything else. Can I pray with you as Pastor Trevor comes forward? Lord, I just thank you today for letting me preach, even a little long-winded in this service, but thank you, God, that people were patient with me and they are eager and desire to hear the word of the living God. Thank you that this is a congregation that says, hey, it may rub me a wrong way a little bit, Josh, the way it did you. However, I want to hear the whole counsel of God's word. I want to hear it all. Don't water it down. Tell me what the Bible says. God, take the word today. Use it to benefit our lives, but most of all, to glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give Pastor Josh a, a hand clap. For him. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Josh. Thank you for that, man. That's not an easy, easy word, especially as a guest coming in. It's easier when it's your family, it's your, it's your congregation. It's still not easy, but uh, it's, I think, even harder when you're coming in as a guest. And uh, I'm thankful for it because you're giving us what we, we need to hear, what, not what we want to hear. You know, what, what do we want to hear? We, we just want to hear everything's good. Just keep up the good work, you know, and, and, and just not being convicted, not being challenged, not being told, hey, you know, there's this part of your life, you're doing some good things, but there is this part of your life that you're holding back from me, that you're keeping from me. You know, I had a conversation a couple of years ago with a lady in our church, single lady, that struggled in this area. And she talked to me. She wanted to talk to me about the tithe. She wanted to talk to me about her finances and giving. And, and it was a battle that she had. And, and it was almost like she was mad at me, but she wasn't really, you know? Like she was mad, but she was just mad at the, the circumstances because it was like, man, I know what this is going to mean. But she was, she was in the wrestle. She was in the fight. And I was like, listen, you're just going to have to trust God. You have to, you're going to have to trust God in this. You're going to have to believe God that he can do this and that he will bless you if you do this. That was a couple of years ago. And, and it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen in just a day. It, it happened over a period of time. But last year, she heard one of these messages in a giving series. We usually do our giving stewardship series in November. She heard one of these messages, and she took the 90-day tithe challenge, which is something we're going to talk about next week this 90-day challenge where you can trust God with your tithe and put him to the test, as Malachi 3 says, and if you put him to the test and, and he doesn't open the windows of heaven, then whatever you give, as long as it's recorded and it's documented and you give it to the church, we will give it back. We did that last year. We've done it the last couple of years. And, and, and she, she was one of those that took that test. 
took that challenge. Man, she has told me about pay raises over this year. She's told me about her finances being increased. And this week, she texted me and said, Pastor, not just to tell you, I didn't ask her. I had, she initiated this conversation. She said, just to tell you, I've been tithing. I've been tithing all year, but God's speaking to me, and God's speaking to me about my side gig, my side hustle, this, this extra, you know, a lot of people do side online work or different types of things. She said, God has been speaking to me about this particular job that I have, and I'm going to tithe. I'm going to tithe on the growths on this. It doesn't even make sense because I have to pay subcontractors for this, this work that we do, but I'm going to do it, and it doesn't make sense, but I just believe God, and I know he's going to take care of it. I just want you to know, and I want you to be praying for me. And I am praying for this person. I'm believing for God to bless her in the ways that, that, that she's just trusting God. She's hearing from God. She's not hearing from me, not hearing from Pastor Josh. You can hear from Josh, and you can talk yourself out of it. You can walk away from it. You can just say, yeah, but it's all good. And, and you can. But if you want to experience what we're talking about, what I personally have seen and what Josh has, has preached about today, believe God with the tithe. Trust him with it. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to respond to the message, and if, if you would say, bow your heads as well. Bow your heads really quick. If, if you would say, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but if you would say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm, I'm wrestling in this area. I'm one of those that maybe two years ago was just like this woman. I'm wrestling in this area with my, in my finances. I'm wrestling with this. But I want to do God's will. I want God's hand and his blessing on me, not only financially, but physically and relationally and in every area of my life. If that's you today, would you just lift your hand today and just say, Pastor, pray for me? If that's you, I see your hand up here. Praise God. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see young people. I see youth. Uh, it, this isn't, teenagers aren't exempt. My, if God gives you, you should trust God with that which he's given to you. Praise God. Maybe, maybe it starts with, you can put your hands down, maybe it starts with trusting God with your life. Maybe you've never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life. If you're a guest today and you're first time uh, at Renew Church, I just want you to know this is something we do every week. I make sure that we don't have a service where we don't give an invitation for someone to receive the free gift of salvation that Jesus offers to us. So if that's you today, I'm going to invite you to repeat this prayer after me and the, the congregation, all of those that are followers of Jesus, they pray it with me out loud. So just pray this prayer. If you want to pray and accept Jesus as your Savior, just pray this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. I know that I'm a sinner, that I've made mistakes. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. And be my Lord and be my Savior. Today, I turn from my sin, from my selfishness, and I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. If that was you today, would you just lift your hand? If you made that decision today, if you decided to follow Jesus, would you just lift your hand and say, Pastor, that was me. I made that declaration. Praise God. I see your hand. Anybody else? Come on, let's clap for this, this person over here. I see your hand over here. Praise God. Amen. Maybe you're online and you made that decision. Just write in the chat, I have decided to follow Jesus. We want to pray with you. We're going to have our prayer ministry team up here. If you need prayer, 
we invite you to come and let one of our prayer ministry team members pray for you and with you but also you can uh, join us at the Next Steps tent. It's the only tent on the property right after the service. We have a Bible for you. We want to help you get connected and take those next steps in your, uh, in your walk with Jesus. Let's sing this closing song. If you need prayer for any reason at all, you come forward while we sing. such a freedom I have found in you 
Amen, amen. Praise God. Have a seat for just a moment as we uh, conclude our services together. Thank you so much again for coming. If you're a guest today, make sure you fill out that connection card. Also, make sure you drop this 5 for 5 card out, uh, in the offering bucket. Fill it out. Snap a picture of it so you know who you're praying for, and we know who you're praying for. I've got on my list, I've got the... The, the lady at the, the pool store right down the street. I've got a cashier that I know. I've got a couple of neighbors, different people that I'm inviting, I'm praying for, and I'm going to invite them to Christmas at Renew on December 16th and 17th. So I want you to do the same thing. It may change their life in their eternity. A couple other quick announcements. Child dedication is December the 3rd. If you have not uh, dedicated your child to the Lord, you have a small child, that's an amazing thing, a great step in your, uh, you know, helping raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. December 10th is baptism, so we encourage you to take that step if you have not been baptized. And um, tonight is our RC, our Renew Crew um, Friendsgiving. So if you're on the Renew Crew, if you serve in any area, in any department, if you're a small group leader, we invite you to come back here, bring a dish to share. We're going to have a potluck dinner, Thanksgiving, Friendsgiving. And uh, that's at 6.30 tonight, so I want you to come, join us, make sure you bring some food to share, because we got a lot of people to feed tonight. And, uh, and then finally, I feel like there's one more, that's what it is. Um, we have uh, grocery store gift cards that we collected over the last couple weeks, and we're giving those away. If you came for one of those, we're going to be giving those out in the connections room. That's the room right out this door when you take a left right there in front of where that coffee was set up in those double doors. We want to be able to give those to you discreetly and not trying to make a big deal out of that, but we want to bless you with a $25 grocery store gift card. So if you need one of those, make sure you join us. Stop by uh, the Connections Room right after the service. My wife Misty or Rebecca will be there to give you those, and we're glad that you came for that. We love you. We care about you. We want to help you in this, uh, in, in this difficult time. Whatever it is that you need, we want to try to be the church to care for you. If you want to give to Renew, there's three ways to give. It's uh, the seat back, the, the envelope in the seat back right in front of you. You can give by dropping that, that offering in the uh, bucket or in the offering boxes on your way out. You can give through our website at renew.miami forward slash giving. Or you can, set up, uh, you can set up your giving through text to give by texting the word give to 786-565-1165. Let's pray together as we uh, just receive the offering and we dismiss the service. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the word. I pray that it would speak. I pray that it would challenge and inspire. And I pray your blessing on the people that are taking this big step to believe you with the tithe. God, I praise you for what you did in my life and what you're continuing to do. And I praise you for what you're going to do in the hearts and lives of these people that are taking this big step. And uh, God, bless the, the offerings, the tithes for the building of your kingdom. Be with the needs represented in our community, around the world, God. Be with us this week as we uh, celebrate Thanksgiving wherever we are. Keep us safe. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Go in his peace. You are dismissed.